Welcome to Talk On To Walk On with Michelle Walters, the podcast that celebrates the power of conversation. In each episode, my inspirational guests will share their own stories, recalling times when conversations have led to pivotal moments in their life journey. You will hear about how those conversations and moments of positive self-talk have encouraged and empowered them to walk on to where they are now. The aim of Talk On To Walk On is to inspire us to use words with each other and with ourselves that will change lives. Let's Talk On To Walk On and see where it leads. In January 2019, age 37, Danny de Brabanda was diagnosed with stage four terminal bowel cancer. Danny is clearly a walking miracle. Since diagnosis, his experience has not only included the usual incredibly tough cycles of chemotherapy, but he's also had many additional complications, including major heart problems, sepsis, and three very large surgeries. After eight months of clear scans, just very recently, Danny has been told that the cancer has returned to his liver. But in his own words, he's been written off on more than a few occasions and he's determined that he will face this new setback with the courage and positive mindset which he believes has allowed him to walk on to where he is today. I'm delighted that Danny's here to share his story with us. So let's talk on to walk on with Danny and let's see where it leads. Welcome, Danny. Let's talk on to walk on. So I'm going to launch in with my first question. And it's the question that we all often feel uncomfortable asking somebody, particularly with a cancer diagnosis, is how are you feeling? It's a really important question that we tend to avoid. If you could answer me that today, that would be great. Yeah, no worries. Um, Thank you for having me on, first of all. I'm feeling okay in myself at the moment. Um, Obviously, just that news that um, cancer, I've had a reoccurrence in my liver which is obviously bad news and, you know, something that another hurdle that I've got to overcome. But in myself, I'm, I'm feeling okay. A few little niggles, having a bit of issue with my stomach post-surgery. My stomach blocks every now and again, so that's something to overcome. And also been getting, like, I had a blood clot and I've been getting a bit of aches and pains. But I think from what I've been through in terms of the amount of surgeries, chemotherapy, mm. um, all that, my body's been through a lot, so to expect to be back to normal is is probably not 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 something that's realistic really mm. I alluded to the words you've been written off of on a few occasions and your they were your words and I alluded to that in the introduction and I'm certainly not in any way diminishing the results because you don't know what's coming yet so you know that, that that's obviously a bit of a, a mind head work for you right now but it does it help the fact that you've been here before in terms of you know almost what to expect? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've had liver surgery before and at the moment um, I'm I'm having further tests. I've got two scans, a PET scan and an MRI scan. I had the PET scan, I've got the MRI next week. But at the moment, the kind the um, the four processes for me to have further is liver surgery. And I've had probably all in all, nearly a, probably about 70% of my liver removed. In one, one go, it was nearly 60%. So... I kind of know what to expect. It's it's hard going. The recovery is hard, but at the same time, it's manageable. So, I think for me, if that's the what's going to happen, I just need to make sure that both physically and mentally, I'm in the best mind space and so on to to take on the challenge of more more major surgery. Really, so absolutely. So you you know you talk about your mindset there, and it's absolutely vital, isn't it? What sort of words are you saying to yourself at the moment? 
in terms of, or is there any particular person that you're drawing on at the moment? You know, what's helping you? What what's your go to? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite a positive laid back person in general. I think since my cancer diagnosis, I've been riding a bit like most recently. I've been riding the crest of a, crest of a wave, but this is um, obviously a setback. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going into to it quite positively. You know, and I know I've got options on the table, and that's important. And and one of the main things for me is, is obviously, uh, while you've got options available, you've always got hope, and, and that's why I draw on. In terms of the person wise, go back to someone who I met many years ago, um, Janie Thomas, who sadly passed away from cancer, but she fought terminal cancer for years and years and years. And the way she lived her life was positive. She helped others. She was kind considerate and like she just had a zest for life and, and it didn't stop her in her tracks and I like to think that you know that's how I live my life this this weekend just gone I've just been down to London and you know I, as I say I just try to live and, and be in the moment and sometimes I think with with cancer especially when you have a terminal diagnosis I've, I've heard a few people say that in as, as horrible as it is and, and as negative it is in a lot of ways it's also something that is one of the best things that happens to you in your life because it does make you appreciate things it makes you appreciate the small things in life you don't worry about stuff as much and that again that's how Janie was and that's how what I what I've kind of taken from it really we chatted about Janie when we've been chatting off off air for want of a better phrase and I took the opportunity actually to um to look her up just to see if there was anything about her. And she, I think it was, she had breast cancer. She had two mastectomies. It did spread to her lungs, but she was incredibly passionate. She was a former biology teacher and she knew she wanted to do something else with her life in the time that she had. And she was absolutely instrumental in improving patient care um, in Worcestershire. Um, I'm sure that's probably had a ripple effect across the country. And I, I saw this quote and she said, um, a lot of people don't realise that they have a finite time on this earth. They don't realise they're going to die. I mean, we're all going to die. And I just just add living from my perspective here, you know. She's reminding us of that, isn't she? And yeah. and what she says, she then went on to say, if you do realise you only have a certain amount of time, you need to choose how to spend it wisely. And she has no regrets in how she spent the time. I think she, in, in terms of throwing herself into the work that she did, you know, I love the fact that she's reminded us that we all need to use our time wisely because we just don't know when our time is up, do we? No, no, absolutely. And uh, it's it just, like I say, it's, I think when you, when you, when you go through something in life, you you do appreciate it more and that, and that's it. And Janie's obviously, I de- I think probably Janie's like, like me. And it's weird with Janie because obviously I knew her 10 years ago. I never was, was expecting to, to have cancer really um, and follow really in her footsteps. But it was mad because I learned a lot from from being around her at the time. And she did make me appreciate life even before I was diagnosed with cancer, just by the way she was. But yeah. She used to go to the match, is that right? Is that what you did you met her? Yeah, the match? We, yeah, I met her going to uh, Manchester United. Um, we had, I had a season ticket next to her here and her husband Ken. And I'm still in touch with Ken to this day. So it just shows you the impact that they had on me and my yeah. life. And they're a lot older, a lot older than me as well. And it's, you know, I'm I'm like that in life. I always think it's good to have friends of all ages and, and that's why I got friendly with them because you learn so much off people so that that's absolutely true I absolutely love that Danny and I think the other thing is you don't know how important people who what, there's a reason why people come into your life isn't there and you just don't know when that inspiration or that 
that memory of them is going to be just so important to something that they've said to you that you just suddenly just now a big part of your life even though it was so long ago I'm sure she's looking down and just like you know really rallying for you and probably more so than for Man United at the moment yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's good and then what you've done from that you've obviously that inspiration has led I'm sure somehow into your exploits with your team DDB. Yeah. Tell me how all that came about. I mean, you've raised over 60, is it £65,000 for local, your local community? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it was a bad one because I, I, I wanted to, when I was diagnosed, I wanted to do a bowel cancer awareness event every year and raise money. So that was always in the in the, in the the offing. Um, and I did one around the time when I had sepsis and so on. That raised about £10,000. Then a few months later, when I got further bad news that the cancer had spread to my stomach lining and they were saying I had more stuff to live some friends rallied around me and they, they did they wanted to do a pretty muddy event just in support of me we went out for dinner and one night and I went to the toilet when I come back they had like pink bright team DDB t-shirts on and <laughs> t- took me a while to realize what they, what they had them on but uh, yeah they were running that event and they raised over two thousand pound from it and then it all of a sudden I started to like say well we've done ten thousand from the football two thousand from pretty buddy events and I just thought you know I've got something here it's something I was passionate about I wanted to help others and yeah, so I run with it on social media and before you knew it, it just snowballed and yeah, at £65,000 as it stands, just over. Um, but not just that, so so many amazing things have come of it, amazing memories. I think I put a post on the other day that we've had over 100 separate fundraisers. Amazing. We've done over 25 random acts of kindness uh, where we've been supported by some amazing people. And as I said, just been in one community all coming together and it, it's inspired people to to, to be kinder and, and to look after one another more, which is amazing. And that's what I wanted to achieve. So, What, what a ripple effect that's come about as a result of friendship and connection, communication, conversation, and now this wonderful new community that's been created. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Just breaking it down as well. Again, I've said to you before, you're very modest, Danny, and just breaking it down a little bit. Some of the things that you've done, you know, you're contributing to the to the Wirral Food Bank. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Yeah, so um, that was off the back of um, Marcus Ram, obviously being a Manchester United fan. That was off the back of Marcus Rashford's plea uh, last year to to end child food poverty. So at the time, round, but normally around uh, November time, we normally do Movember or a group of friends do, and they, they often do runs and jogs. And Christmas time, I do a raffle. I had um, a, comp- a guy called Joe Kilty who does who runs JK Electrical, a local company. Uh, he got involved in terms of he did a Christmas light switch on at his house. Obviously, being an electric company, it was amazing. Something like off, yeah. um, you know, off Home Alone or something. Um, <laughs> It was amazing, yeah. And and all in all, we we just decided we'd do something for the food banks, and we raised about six thousand pounds last year. Wow. So the intention is this year uh, we set a big target again, and we want to help support the food banks. And we've got some again, Joey's doing something, uh, holding an event um, in Wallasey, 
and there's a few other things that I want to do. And like I say, November will happen again. The Christmas raffle will happen again. And I'm hoping that something more will follow in terms of a, like a music festival around December time. So there's a lot of exciting things happening and hopefully we can raise a lot of money for the food banks. So That's brilliant. Yeah. And what an inspiration. Obviously, you've got Marcus Rashford and then the ripple effect that's come from that. I mean, it's really, I always, it's really sad. In fact, it's appalling that you have to do it. That's a pol- political decision, a conversation for another day. But what, you know, that he's inspired you and you're inspired, and then you're now inspiring other people to get involved. I mean, it's just, I try and always say that there's always light that comes out of dark, and it, it, yeah. is, it really is light, isn't it, that's happening, because you're not just raising money to just to get food. This is, you're really impacting on the community and bringing people together, aren't you, between that and then the random acts of kindness. I mean, you only have to look at your Facebook page, and it just brings a smile at edge. Any Everybody, is it hashtag Team DDB? Is that yeah, right? At, at, yeah, you can find us on that. We always hashtag everything, but you can also find us at team.dddb, Delta okay. Delta Bravo. So, yeah, we yeah, on an Instagram it's just as well. And gorgeous. You look at the page and it just it just lifts you. You know, if you're having yeah. a bad day, go on that page, folks, because it's just, honestly, it just brings a smile. And it's the small acts of kindness as well, isn't it? Yeah. That are just as important it. as the big stuff. Absolutely, and it's that's the thing with community. Everyone's going through stuff. Everyone's dealing with stuff, and I, I sometimes get people who reach out to me, and they they're almost apologetic for what they're dealing with because obviously it would appear that I've got bigger things going on. And but mm. you know that's not the case. Everybody's got issues in life. Everyone goes through stuff. Cancer affects every single person out there, whether it's a family member or yeah. not. And um, and, and other illnesses do. So it's just nice to be together, to, to, to come together, to be kind. And like the random acts of kindness. I mean, one of the things I, I noticed was when I was, when I had bad days, I'd have, um, you know, people do nice things for me or, you know, I connected with certain people. I connected with, um, with Quan Matter, actually plays for Manchester United. And he'd have just his thing of like, he's, you know, he's got millions of followers, but he would literally message me and say, how are you getting on? And it had like a ripple effect again, like you're saying with Rashford, it's that ripple effect of he's taking the time to make sure I'm okay. So if he can do that, a Premier League footballer, then I can do that in terms of two others. And so we started the random acts of kindness. And like I say, we've we've had we've had over 25. And it's just people who go through stuff in life or having tough times, and we do something nice for them. We may send them to Alton Towers Wars Park, we may send them some flowers we you know it doesn't have it there's no rhyme or reason in terms of it we just normally find out from a family member what that person likes and then try to tailor it just mm. and whole idea is just to take their mind off the, the rubbish they're going through and make them smile at the end oh, of the day and that's you, what it's all about you're certainly doing that absolutely and not only that um we had world mental health day yesterday and what I wanted to just come around to, in particular, obviously yourself being a bloke, is do you think it's harder for men to open up in terms of the, what they're going through? I mean, I think it's something like one in eight men have mental health issues. Um, the suicide rate is is far higher. I think it's three times higher in men yeah. than in women, particularly between the age of 40 to 49. They're le- and they're less likely to access therapies. So in terms of, again coming back to your community work, I have no doubt that you're having that ripple effect on those who are getting involved, you know? Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. And then 
how are you how is it helping you do you think it is helping you all as a as a, is it mainly blokes it's, and obviously there's women involved but the men there's a bit camaraderie happening amongst you all yeah i think i think things are getting better um i said on a recent podcast that was on um talking about men's mental health and i'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination but i do get the feeling it's getting better but there's still a lot of work to be done i think i noticed like in terms of just in, but I know it's not mental health related, but say bowel cancer as an example. I know there's still a lot of people who will go public in terms of sharing their journey. The majority of them are women, um, mm. and I noticed the engagement even on my posts when I put posts out. I would probably say seventy, maybe eighty percent of the people who actually like the posts are women. So that kind of shows you in a way that you know maybe whilst progress is being made, men are a little bit more reserved and a bit more. You know, and to be honest, it's where I was when I was first diagnosed with bowel cancer. I went three, four, five months without going, check, following through on a blood test. And it might have been that male thing of, you know, oh, it's not going to affect me. I'm, you know, it's, it's embarrassing and, and all that. And and I think the same goes for mental health. I think there's just a stigma around it. And But I just encourage anyone just to, you know, speak to a friend or speak, speak out because, uh, you know, a problem problem shared is a problem halved as they say and I, and I definitely think that there's legs in that and I've, I've realized it with what I've been going through I've been in some dark places but speaking to others has, has, has helped massively so yeah absolutely absolutely Danny and before we get on to I pick you up on on the symptoms and the diagnosis not re- not really wanting to take you back because this is about looking forward and and positivity but I do think it's important and I know it's part of your campaign as well to about bowel cancer awareness but before we come on to your diagnosis tell us about Danny before the diagnosis tell us about you yeah so... I know you don't want to be defined by this <laughs> two years so tell us about Danny no, I mean, I was I'm a, a born and raised in Clawton on the Wirral, so, and I've lived there near, near enough my whole life. Did have a little spell where I lived in, in Las Vegas for a period okay. um, with my partner, Lacey. Um, but I had a sad end in that. I come back here visiting home, and she sadly got killed in a car crash when I was around 22, oh, wow. 23. So, obviously, that wasn't great um, and a tough time in my life. It took me a long time to get over it, but... That aside, as I say, I've just been pretty much living a normal life. I like football, like going out, like eating out, like going to the cinema, you know, traveling, all that sort of stuff. Love, love like Spain trips with the lads where going away and <laughs> and all that. Yeah, I mean, just I was just living my life normally, really. I'd say big football fan, into music. And then probably a while after Lacey died, uh, I met my current partner, Jane, who I actually work with. Digital, where where I work in telecommunications, and I've done for 16, 17 years, and wow. so on. And but when I reflect now back on, even though I said before about Janie, you know, made me focus. There is a part of my life where I do think, you know, I just coasted, and I, you know, you could have like two, three, four years of where you think, what did I actually achieve in those years? Mm. And don't get me wrong, I've had a fairly successful career, and I've I've pretty much done what I want to do. But yeah, I always now look back and think what could I have achieved and it's what having a cancer diagnosis I think it just it does make you focus and and be a bit more ambitious and I I just think I wish I knew what I want I knew now then and uh, you know what could I have achieved even more because as I say a lot of the times yeah I think everyone does it they just drift for, for periods where you only get one opportunity in life and I think you need to take the ball by the horns and 
and be the best version. It. I know it sounds like a cliche, but be no, the best version of you that you can be. And and that's where the kind of um, impact on others in terms of my diagnosis has helped because I've had people reach out to me and said, you know, they've started university courses or they've done this. And it's all off the back of realizing that, look, you know, I'm, I was 37 when I was diagnosed. There's other people around who have been diagnosed at young ages who go through tough times. And I think it's sometimes some hard images and hard talk of where you are. People say it, see it and say, well, I don't know the minute, so I'm going to be the best version of me that I can be. And that's one of the positives that's come out of the, off the back of where, where I am right now. So, You know what, Danny? We all do it in life. It's life, isn't it? And it is important that we get those reminders but, you know, don't beat yourself up about that. Well, look, you are more than making up for it now, let's put it that way. And I'm sure if you did look back, that there's pro- there is probably so many positive things in there. It's just you're probably just, it's that's that's the highlight now, that that's where you're thinking because you've got that focus now on, on this diagnosis in front of you. But I reckon if we sat down, we could find loads of positives that that came before this diagnosis. And I'm sorry to yeah. hear about your girlfriend at the time. And you know what? What a bloody tough time. You know, again, don't beat yourself up. You've you've been through a lot beforehand as well. And again, you've come out strong and you've you've met your lovely partner Jane. And and now you're opening up and telling people about this particular diagnosis and look and you're inspiring them. So Honestly, I, I do believe things are it's probably not the greatest thing to say in this circumstance, but almost meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You are where you are, and but it's what you do with it and the meaning you give to it now that matters. And that's the most important thing is now. And, you, you know, we can't ask any more of you. In terms of opening up, has that been really hard in terms of what happened to you and your story in terms of you delaying slightly? I mean, we don't know whether that's been a contributing factor, but I know you've been quite open about that. Yeah, it, it's just more now about a passion of, of just wanting someone else not to go through what I have. And I don't know whether the four or five months would have made any difference. They may not mm. have, but at the same hand, same time, they may they may have. So it's it's trying to get out there that if anybody, you know, I knew at the time I didn't feel right. I was going out for jogs and I was like struggling on a jog and I knew my body wasn't right. And the things that were going on, it wasn't like I had a stomachache that went after two weeks. It was over months and months. So I knew there was something going on, but maybe I just didn't want to admit it to myself. And you have that mm. thing of it's never going to happen to me. Mm. So, yeah, it's just, it's just trying to get out there, tell people, you know, you have, you know, a heavy feeling in your stomach, getting cramping, you know, you're tired, lethargic, you've got blood in your stool, which is what led me to actually then follow through on tests. There's all these things that that can happen where, you know, you still can be a bit sticky, not right, abnormal. If you've got that for a period of time, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks, then I would definitely recommend if you've got any of those symptoms, go and get checked out. And 99 times out of 100, it's not going to be anything to worry about, but it's just better to be on the safe side. And that goes for any illness that's out there, any cancer-related thing, don't... If you don't feel right, just go and get checked out. Mm. I mean, the stats, I obviously looked up the stats and they're pretty startling. Startling, sorry. 10,000 in the UK with advanced, which I know that's that's what's happened with yourself. It's gone into other parts of the body. And then you've got 
incredible charities out there, haven't you, that are trying to do or are doing, not trying to do amazing things. You've got bowel cancer awareness and they're looking, you know, at Stand Up for Cancer, the Bobby, the Bobby Moore Fund. They're, they're just three that I just, just came across and they're all supported yeah. by cancer research. And the absolute key is that they're working to really increase those survival rates. And I just really encourage everybody to just take a little look and, you know what, direct debit, it, it, even the smallest amount can make the biggest difference. It's something I've done. I'll get on to my, me and my experience in a moment, but something I've done with cancer research for a long, long time. And it's not a massive amount that I give every month, I'll be honest, but my God, does it add up? Because they write to you yeah. and they'll tell you, you've donated X and this is what we've done with it. Yeah, And it does give you goosebumps and you go, I didn't even miss it. You know, I know, I know times are hard for people, but if you can afford um, to give something, you know, one in two of us are, are going to get this horrible disease so i just think it needs to just be pushed more and at every opportunity so i do feel quite strongly about that i'm guessing you feel the same yeah absolutely yeah. i mean it's it's a, that, that's where we started when we did team ddb the whole idea was raising money for cancer charities and albeit it's it's evolved from that more into a community thing but yeah some of the some of the treatments that i've had and the developments that have been in the, in most recent years ultimately have helped help with get me yeah. to where I am you know the, I had the treatment called hip surgery which is putting chemotherapy in at 40 degrees into my stomach lining and washing it round after they'd removed the, the cancer from the stomach lining and that's all like advancements and and that's coming mm. from this funding um and yeah they don't have a cure but they they do make can they do make it a lot more livable and manageable and and so on and it, it becomes like a cr- a chronic disease in some cases yes. for people instead of a death sentence and that's yeah, huge death sentence, oh yeah. my god i mean it's the science isn't it though isn't it the science is absolutely yeah. vital and we need that money to 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 get the science going to tackle these startling numbers in terms of just dipping my toe and you know as i say normally with these podcasts i I try and <laughs> give advice i can't i can never help myself but on this one I, you know i'm standing back and just you know and the only thing that i can do in terms of making it relatable is in terms of we've all had our own experiences of we all know somebody don't we i've known an awful lot of people just way too many in terms of myself, I've found lumps. I've had those those two-week waits. I've had a wound biopsy. I've had that that mind-melting wait where you're waiting for results. Luckily, I've been I've been blessed with, with, with clear results. But again, what a life check. I've had friends, really, really good friends of mine, a friend's daughter who was just very, very young at the time. I've had a, my ex-father-in-law and more closer to home, I had my mum. And Everybody, what what made me think when I was ch- going to come and talk to you was just everybody deals with it so differently, don't they? I, I looked back and I thought, you know, my mum went very, very. It, I was with her when she was told, and it was it, it was very, very surreal moment. And I had my daughter; she was only two months old at the time. And then I had my mum, and I was like, you know, want to? I'm here to protect my daughter. This is this is all coming out of sync, and now I want to protect my mum. It was, you know, it was a real head worker, and and just such a shock because the person who you use your rock is suddenly you want to throw your arms around them and wrap them in cotton wool. But my mum was very private, um, and she didn't really want to bump into people and tell them about it because she just didn't really want to. She didn't really want to hear about other people's experiences. I mean, we're going back almost 20 years now. So it was a different time. The social media and all that wasn't what it was now. And the opening up 
as she wasn't what it was now. But she would do quiet affirmations and do positive self-talk. I know that's what she did. And then another friend of mine, she just completely clammed up, completely, you know, my, my lovely friend, Kerry, she really struggled mentally. And I know she won't mind me saying that. Um, and, we, you know, she, again, she she's come out the other side. Um, she lives in Australia now. But you know what? She reminds me today how she had a conversation with my mum at the time. My mum was, was validated her feelings. She said, this is shit. It is shit, Kerry. You're right. It is. You know, and she said, that was so important for me to hear somebody else say that to me, to validate yeah. those feelings, you know. And then I had an ex my ex-father-in-law, and I just remember he was really extreme going out telling everybody, you know, but I think almost to the point where it was a bit over the top. And I was like... But we all just have, you just got to let people do what they need to do in their own way, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what you're, how you feel about that in terms of friends and family and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think with like, with, with dealing with cancer, everybody deals with it in different ways. I think everybody's cancer is different as well. So it's everyone's journey is different. So I think um, you know, for me, it was it was like being public about it, which does have negatives. Uh, for others, it's like I had a friend who Adam Swanick, or have a friend called Adam Swanick, and he had uh, lymphoma, and he, he's he's dealt with it very privately, and he's come out the other side. And it's literally like we were both parallel in terms of you know we're not not in the same journey, but we're obviously dealing with cancer at the same time. So there's that, and I think in terms of actually with your family members and and dealing with that, one of the things I learned early on was I noticed when I was down, like my family would come with me, but when it, but if I'm positive and I you know I bounce into the room and I'm happy, and it's not me putting on an act, it's it's just where I've got my mindset too. But I noticed mm. that they they will go with me, and don't get me wrong, we have down moments, we've had a lot of down moments, but in the main, my positivity has an as a reflection. It's almost there, looking back in a mirror, and and what they act, how I act. Um, so I think that's very important. And to anyone who's going through it, I would say, you know, just be mindful because at the same time, I know you're the person who's dealing with the illness, but there's also a lot of people around you who do feel helpless. I, my mum had bowel cancer as well, and I felt helpless at that time. So when others, you know, when when the people around you feel helpless, I think sometimes you do have, and, and I know you're dealing with a lot, but you have a responsibility to kind of lift the people around you and, and say, you know, I'm okay, I'm, I'm doing okay, and and that really, I, that's something that I've, I've I've just tried to do anyway. So yeah, and how are your family doing? How's how's your partner, Jane, and your mom? And I know you got very close family, aren't haven't you? Yeah, we're we're all doing okay. I mean, obviously the news this week's been uh, not the best, but yeah, again we just we just take every hurdle at a time. We're very close knit, and yeah, obviously you know as a mum she worries and, and Jane worries, but you know and we always you you always have the little moments where you think, well, what happens if this happens? But someone who um, who in a breath through through um, when I was first diagnosed, Kelly Smith always told or you or always would say that. You know, ninety-six percent of what you worry about doesn't actually happen. Mm. So, and that's what, and that's so what true. we keep telling each other, and we keep saying, you know, it's, while it's, while it, like you said before, it is shit. It's shit that I've got to have more surgery. At the same time, I've got to, I've got to. If that's what's what I've got to do, then that's what I've got to do, just to to get through, really. And and that's where your mind's got to be. It's just got to be. It's like sometimes you've got to take steps back to move forward, really. So. Yeah, and and that's that's really powerful, isn't it? Be about you've almost got to interrupt your thoughts, haven't you? And just so go stop, just stop. Yeah. 
because yeah. this isn't real. It's like false evidence appearing real. It's a fear thing, isn't it? It's, you know, that's what I, I remember reading that once. You know, it's you don't know what you can't help it though, but you've just got to almost just go stop and then go for a walk put a movie on you know just do anything yeah. whatever it is that works for you everything's different for everybody isn't it but whatever it is that works for you to just yeah. interrupt those negative thoughts especially thoughts that you don't know but it's almost the not knowing I think is perhaps worse than the knowing because you just don't know what yeah. you're going to be dealing with do you but fair play to you that you've you're aware of it is it Kelly that said that you know it, it, it's yeah. actually you know it, it's hugely hugely important in all walks of life and it stops a lot of people from doing stuff, doesn't it? Just just coming away from the, the, the cancer experience, it stops you from doing stuff, predicting what's going to happen when you actually don't know what's going to happen. You've got yeah. to just be self-aware and go, It is. I, I can only deal with what's in front of me right now. Yeah. It's, it's actually a lot of wasted energy spent, isn't it? But yeah. I, I, I mean, understand it's only natural, particularly in this situation. Yeah, there's pros and cons to it in that, obviously, there's the pro. By living in the moment and I'm just like thinking day to day, that's good in terms of not from the not worrying side. The downside to it is when you have a terminal diagnosis, it's very hard to look too far ahead. So it's hard in terms of making plans, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So there is there is pros and cons to it. But yeah, in terms of like just your mindset of being positive, I think you're absolutely right. You've just got to You've got to, just got to kind of switch off, try your hardest to switch off from it and just deal with the present and what's coming, you know, in the in the coming days. Not worry to get not too not to get too far ahead of yourself because mm. you know, nobody knows what's gonna happen in the future. So so you've just got instead of filling your mind with negativity, just think, you know, I've got options on the table. Ninety-six percent of what, what of what you worry about doesn't happen and and just try just try and take that and, and take take that forward is how I how I've dealt with it anyway. So I love that, Danny. I love that. And I love that you've got such a lovely family. And I, you know what? It breaks my heart that you're all going through this, but I bet it's made you even closer, I'm guessing. And again, there's probably many, many positives that are coming out of it. In terms of advice to your younger self, I often ask this question to my podcast guests. It's a pretty cliched question, but I just think it's still a powerful question because like you talked a little bit about looking back um, at your, your earlier life. But if you were 18 again, what what would you say to young Danny? I would I would kind of try to be how I am. If I, if I knew what I knew now, I would try to be more like I am now in terms of just be kinder to people, just be the best fit. And again, because I, I, I keep saying it's all cliched stuff, but be the best version of you that you can be. Be ambitious, but also live in the moment. Appreciate the things around you. Don't don't sweat the small stuff. A lot of the time, like there's been so many times where you know, I've got stressed about certain things in my life that realistically now you look back and you think, what was I even worried about? And and I always mm-hmm. find that a lot in a lot of times in life, a lot of stuff that you do worry about actually has a tendency to work out as well. But yeah, I would, they're the kind of key things I would say. And uh, you know, if you if you've got a dream, I, I would just follow it because, like I say, you only got one one life and uh, one opportunity at it. And look after your family and friends, look after others, and yeah. Beautiful advice, that Danny. Beautiful <laughs> advice. Tell me now, you haven't mentioned the, the strap line for Team DDB. What is it? And tell me what it means. Yeah, so it's um, 
it's actually from a TV show from years ago called Friday Night Lights, and it's something that just um, resonated with me early on. It's clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And the idea is, is so my my take on it is, is clear eyes is just you know focusing on what's important, focusing on what's ahead of you, what, what you've got in terms of you just 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 that focus of con- and concentration on what you where you need to be and where you need to get to. Um, full heart is just obviously going into any everything you do passionately and obviously being being kind and just just passionate about what you do and, and if I, th- I think if you give 100 percent in anything that you do whether it be in a job or you know mm. a hobby or even you, you know fighting cancer if I, if I go into it and I know I've given 100 percent but it doesn't work out for me then at least I know that I've tried and I think that's important and that's where can't lose then comes in because if you do if you go into everything focused, ambitious, you know, you, you give it your all and you're not, you're not a loser in anyone's eyes as far as I'm concerned. And that's how what it means to me. But it's, it, I like it because it's also, it, it's a saying that people can can have their own thoughts and feelings on and it can mean different things for different people. But that's what it means to me anyway. So I absolutely love that. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. And is that on the T-shirt or is that on the... Yeah, it's on some. We got some uh, t-shirts printed and so on, and then we've got like um, when you know someone runs a marathon or half marathon or ten k, and or we've got a football team. It's it's a team done TDB, and that's underneath on the slogan. Yeah, so it's something that we we push a lot really, and and it's very popular with people. As I say, a lot of people lot like it and have their own meaning for it as well. So brilliant. So we just talked about the slogan and in terms of giving everything 100%, I, I just wanted to pick you up on that. And you actually messaged me about coming on this podcast <laughs> and I thought, you know what, fair play. I hadn't even actually, I don't think I'd even launched, but I had like my first few guests sort of lined up and I had come across you on social media and obviously straight away I was like, oh my God, yes. And I had a little bit of imposter syndrome, <laughs> if I'm honest, I was thinking, <laughs> how am I going to do this? You know, have this, I love having conversations with people and straight away I, I felt a connection obviously not just because of 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 what what you were going through and and what you were doing with team ddb but my mum had bowel cancer she'd also had sepsis and i i've you know i'd be on the outside looking in and what i admire about you danny is that you're just getting on with it aren't you just taking action and i think that's definitely something that sounds to me like that's come out as a result of this that you're just like no hesitation i want to do this and i'm going to make it happen and i feel very privileged that you messaged me what made you do that what what was it that made you contact me just um i'm I'm obviously passionate about raising awareness as i say yeah. and and and, that, and that's the main driver for it and it was just it was more the fact of i think i just saw from from your social media and stuff obviously we connect on certain things and i just saw it on and I, you know i liked the the idea of it and and the way it looked and so on and and i just thought it'd be a good platform i know obviously from a business point of view you also connected and so on so it was just i just it was one of them where i just thought it would be a right platform for me to to kind of keep banging the drum of so to speak and as i say yeah. I'm, you know i'm doing podcasts pretty much weekly at the moment so it's 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 and as I say sometimes I feel like I'm being repetitive in what I'm saying but at the same time you know if if one person listens to a podcast that hasn't listened or heard my journey or story before Mm. then and that that helps them and they go to doctors and they you know they they catch say bowel cancer early or 
you know they just give themselves peace of mind that they're actually okay then then that's all worthwhile to me so so that was really the main driver behind me me contacting really yeah yeah well thank you thank you very much for doing that and um I think what you've done for me, certainly for me and, and hopefully for the listeners is just remind us about the importance of, of living in the now and living in the moment and doing good stuff, you know, being, yeah. it, it, it's so, it sounds so simple, but we often get so caught up in our, the, the chaos of our lives that we forget the simple things, the random acts of kindness, remembering the people that need support with the food banks, remember cancer you know if it hasn't happened to you then it could you will know somebody who has think about taking time out to just set up that direct debit think about taking time out to just acknowledge your neighbor and 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 get them a bunch of flowers or just do those simple things that's going to make somebody's day i absolutely love how it you're not it sounds awful but not just raising money for cancer you're really impacting your community yeah. And I don't just mean that in just those one-to-one things that are happening. It's really, I keep saying ripple effect. I'm going to have to get another term. But it is having a ripple effect. You're having a ripple effect on bringing the smiles. You're having a ripple effect on people's mental health because they're, you're, they're getting up and they're running and they're doing stuff. You're having a ripple effect on connection in the community because people are coming together to, to plan Team DDB events. You, you're just uplifting those around you and... I just think we all need a bit more Dan to be a bit more Danny. And I just think the world will be a better place. <laughs> I really do. And oh. I love the fact that you're grinning from ear to ear right now because obviously <laughs> like something you approve of. Yeah, you do. Well, you just put you embarrassing me a little bit. But yeah, no, no, no it's not at all. I was just saying, not that's you know, and not that's the all. that's the thing, really. It's one of them. Very it's modest. you know, su- such a bad thing's happened, you know, to me. And it's been I've had, you know, negative been taking places where I never forced off to go in terms of you know, bad times and so on. But in some ways, it's it's weird because it's in a lot of ways. In fact, it's been one of the best things that's happened to me, and that it's allowed, it's given me a platform whereby I've been able to do good and, and give back, and and like you said, help others. And and that's 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 where it becomes such a positive from a negative, and and it, that in itself is something that I know inspires people, which is great. And. And like I say, the whole idea of it is at the end of the day is so one person doesn't have to go through what I've had to go through and mm. and obviously people around are smiling and that, that's the main the main two things about about it really. So Well, you've certainly made me smile today, Danny. And you know what, we shouldn't need, like I say, a term lineless to remind ourselves and obviously what we're gutted that it's happened, that it's happening to you and it's happening to your family and, and, and to many thousands of people every day. But if we all just take that moment to pause and remind ourselves that to live with sort of compassion, with love and laughter, of course, meaningful conversation, you will have made, you've made, you are making and will make the biggest difference in people's lives. And I just want to commend you for that. I can't thank you enough because you've certainly reminded me today and I'm sure you, you've reminded the listeners as well. And and you know what else I can say to you, and I know you're a mank, but walk on, my friends, <laughs> a mank fan. Not a mank, but a Man United fan. But you know what, in this situation, you know, I, I hesitated fully enough about the walk on term, but I think people know that it's not just targeted. When I'm, I'm not just after, you know, Liverpool Football Club fans. It's a real powerful statement, isn't it? And it's yeah. about community at the end of the day. That's what the song is about. And, and it, I, that's one of the reasons I, I, I chose it, because it is about walking on in life 
uh, with, with positivity and um, you're yeah. a, a wonderful example of that Danny thank you so so oh, much you, for joining me on the podcast I really really no, thanks for having it. me on thank you thank you getting back to me <laughs> thank you <laughs> The simple yet powerful art of conversation and communication should never be underestimated. And I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback, either via the contact form on my website, talkontowalkon.com, or on my Instagram at michellewalters underscore. Also, I'd be thrilled if you could help the power of conversation message to reach as many people as possible to help achieve this dream and so that you never miss an episode of Talk On To Walk On, please rate, review and subscribe, remembering that the simplest act can have the largest impact.